morning, but I'm excited about what God has. The prayers that have gone forth for camp, the sacrifices, amen, and believing God to do a powerful thing in our youth. But I want us to receive from the word this morning. I've got some props up here. I've got a snake up here. Anybody wondering what's going on? I got a biscuit and a piece of steak. Anybody hungry this morning? Um, looks pretty good. I am. This morning, something happened to me that is never happier of preaching. I lost my keys. And um, it was horrible. I have pastor's little ring. I have to have a ring with a lot of bells and whistles. Anybody feel me? And uh, pastor has a tiny one. And uh, my goodness, I thought, am I going to walk? Um, is someone going to come get me? What's going to happen? But praise God, we got here. This morning, I want to speak on can one person make a difference? If you would turn in your word to Daniel 6. Daniel 6. And I want to get right into it. And share this, and then we're going to go to Matthew 7, 11, and 12. If you're tracking me in the sound booth, I do not use King James. I use New King James. King James has too many vowels for me, but I love the literature of it. But I'm excited this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, can one person... Okay, say it a little bit more energy. Can one person make it... Yes, indeed, that you can. I would call this uh, sermon uh, snakes and uh, stones, but thought it needed a better interpretation than that. This morning, I want to ask you, are you passing down a stone and a snake to people around you? What are you passing down? Can one person make a difference? Reading from the book of Daniel 6 and 17. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the lion's den. And the king, someone said the king. I don't want you to um, misinterpret this. This is an earthly king. I just put this together last night. This was an earthly king. He sealed it. Someone say he sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords that the purpose, someone say the purpose, concerning Daniel might not be changed. Of course, we know the famous thing that comes to our mind, the match about Daniel is the lion's den. We know that this stone was rolled in front of the lion's den so that the purpose of some evil people who could not be changed. And I'll explain that in a minute. But isn't it awesome that this was a foreshadowing because we already know, here is you a spoiler alert, that Daniel did not die in the lion's den. Amen. And the spoiler alert means that that was a force pointing toward when they would roll a stone in front of Jesus' tomb and an earthly ruler named Pilate, Herod, and the high priest would deem that the purpose of Jesus would be sealed, meaning they wanted him dead. But how many know on the third day he rose from the tomb and no earthly king, no signet, no legislator, no government, no president, no banker, no lawyer can stop the purposes of God for you and I today. What God has redeemed, what God has purposed, shall be fulfilled by the mighty hand of God. Somebody needs to shake off Sunday morning and give God a praise for that right out of the bat. I love that. I want to read another passage to you from Matthew 7 and 11. Matthew 7 and 11 powerful scripture that I may use in a way you have never heard used before. Matthew 7, 11, he says, we'll start with 7, 9. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, ask for bread, that's right, ask for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for meat, will give him a serpent. 
If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask them? Anybody need some good things this morning? Anybody need some good things this morning? It means that if you ask him for something, he is not going to give you a serpent. He is not going to give you a stone, but he is the giver of all good gifts. Can you say amen? Father, we welcome your Holy Spirit in this room. I pray you would take this little fish and this little loaf just put together in such a short amount of time and bless it for the purpose of what you have redeemed it for. Speak to my brothers and sisters. Lay out what say, and Lord, reserve what doesn't need to be said. May your word, Lord, be meditation on our lips and change our hearts for no one who ever came to your word did not leave changed unless they chose to not be changed. So Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Can one person make a difference? A week ago on Wednesday night in Charleston, South Carolina, a young man walked into the Mother AME Church in Charleston. He walked in, a white young man among about 11, 12 brothers and sisters, and asked to be a part of their Bible study. He sat at the table with them. He opened the Word of God with them. They taught him. At the end of that time, he went in, as well you know, unless you have been living underneath a rock, he went in with a purpose to kill. But what's ironic is he said in his confession, he almost changed his mind because they were so kind. Why were they so kind to him? Because these people had been crucified by the cross of Calvary. These people had lived and walked in the word. And you see, he made a difference when he opened fire. Is why people should always be packing in a church service. That's my opinion anyway. But he opened fire and killed so many precious people. And the nation grieved for about a day. And we're still grieving. Can one person make a difference? In the negative, indeed, one person can. You see, I wonder, and I'll get to the good part of it. I wondered who Mish handed him a stone. Who handed him a stone and piece of a bread? Who handed down something that had not been healed in their generation and handed it down? What we don't become healed of, we will pass down to others. You see, what we don't become healed of in our anger, in our depression, in our negativity. I want to state for you this morning that every person in this room is handing down something, including me, top of the list, me, I'm sure. because I'm. You see, wherever you work, you're handing down something. Are you handing down a stone that is useless and cannot bring nourishment? Are you handing down the bread? of the word of God and the beautiful life that we live. You see, someone handed that young man a snake, as I have symbolic over here, and he handed it down. Was it a friend? Was it a grandfather? I don't know. Can one person make a difference? Well, the world kind of held their breath for a day, if it were, to see would Charleston break out in riots like Baltimore? Would there be burning in the streets? Would there be a push against authorities, which a horrible thing happened in Baltimore. We don't even now know the complete truth, but the world held their breath. But ironically, after they captured him, and in case you missed it, a faith that saw him. Did anybody see that? It was a woman of God that was driving down the interstate and saw the young man in a car and thought he looked right. 
She said the Lord told her to pull over. She called her boss. Her boss said, get back on the interstate, follow him. And Fox News, I saw her interview, said, you're a hero. Oh, she said, and I just, I was, a, I was aggravating pastor because I was amen her so much. She said, oh, I am not a hero. It is the Lord Jesus Christ, a white woman, who is the hero, for he's the one that told me to stay on the path. They captured him, and that's good enough. But the world still held their breath. What would happen? Until he was brought into an isolated room whereby uh, technology, technology, whatever that word is, he was able to speak into the courtroom. And a judge did an unprecedented and put up the families of the victims to speak to this murderer. And when these victims began to speak, if you missed it, it was absolutely heart crushing. It was humbling. The body of Christ never ceases to amaze me. The body of Christ that is sold out, they bring kings to their knees and kingdoms down on their face because they always show Jesus up in the most unexpected times. Can somebody give Jesus honor for the body of Christ in the land? And they began to speak forgiveness. And they began to say, I forgive you with quivering lips and tears I forgive you. Oh, they didn't hold back what he had taken from them, not for a second, but they said it very plainly. People said, how did they forgive? I don't know that they completely forgive, but I know they chose to speak forgiveness until their heart could catch up because what you speak eventually will happen. And I know they spoke it so their heart could catch up. And as they grieved and cried all over the land from intranets, to Fox News, CNN, even MSNBC, and those that dwell there, there. Every news media in the land began to carry the story of the beautiful black members of the body of Christ. And I only say black to let you know it was against their brothers and sisters to hear them say forgiveness. And as those words were carried, commentators from the left to the right began to repeat this wonderful thing, I heard Greg Gutfield, who is a self-proclaimed atheist on Fox News on 5, he said, I'm not a religious person, I'm an atheist, but their words are caught in the very fiber of my tongue. Why? Because they responded, and they did not allow rioting and looting, but they acted like Stephen when he was martyred before the very presence of the Sanhedrin, and he said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand. And when he said that, everyone said Jesus has showed up because then he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And you and I know today that a man named Saul was among those stoning him. And somehow I believe those words got into the crevice of Saul. And somehow he was resurrected to be the forgiving, the apostle Paul. Can somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this house? And Charleston, I heard a, a pastor in Charleston talk yesterday on a podcast, have come together, whites and blacks. Can one person make a difference? Yes, one person made a difference, a few, and they extended forgiveness. Can one person make a difference? What are we passing down? You see, those black brothers and sisters on national television did not pass down a stone. They passed down bread to the generation underneath them and said, this is how we respond. 
and this is how we walk. I give you meat and I give you bread. Oh, yes, they could have, and they could have thrown that stone, and they could have put a stone in the hand of a generation younger than them and every person watching by news, but because of their open forgiveness on international television, that was squelched, and what the enemy intended for evil, which is horrible, which we cannot change, which we cannot interpret, we cannot explain children without their daddy, mothers are without their children, but through that act, the Lord Jesus lifted up high his cross, through people who were sold out to Christ and a world had to take a taste of supernatural Christianity that flows from Calvary through Emmanuel's veins. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap of praise. I'm thinking about things that have been passed down to you and please don't check out on me. Please stay in tune, stay right here. Don't think I'm building a case against you, but I wonder what has been passed down to you, my great-great-granddaddy, Elo Whitley, was a godly man. He was the first assistant of the general overseer, the head of the whole denomination called the Fire Baptized Church. That's really nothing to hang a hat on. Nobody knows too much what that denomination is anymore. It's split off into several others. But he was the kind of man that had the kind of faith that he cut off his toe, you might have heard me say before, and he wrapped his gauze around the toe. He was mowing the lawn. And he wrapped the toe around and he commanded the toe to grow back on. And there's a documented medical miracle. The toe grew back on completely. He passed down the kind of faith that when he was dying, my dad rushed my sister and my brother to him and had us kneel before him and um, had him lift his hand. I was so little. I remember he was so old. His house was hot. I remember the country curtain windows hanging. I remember his wife, great-grandmother Whitley. I remember her looking old. And I remember him with suspenders, a white shirt and black pants. And he was so, you know, old and feeble and, and very, very near 100 years old. But my daddy insisted, as he knew his days were shortening, that he stretch out his hand and he speak a blessing over his children. I remember kneeling because daddy said I was supposed to kneel, but I was downright scared, to be honest with you. And as he lifted his hand up and he put his hand, I remember how his hand quaked under not only the power of the Holy Spirit, but because of his age and his elderliness, I remember hearing the blessing over a moment my parents passed down to me that working hard is important, yes, and riches are important, and having a good name is important, but at the top of the list, my parents and my great-granddaddy passed down to me a piece of bread that said at the center of who you are must be the kingdom, and the, every decision must be based upon what does Christ think about this, what does Christ do about this. They taught me if I wanted to live a life that was prosperous but into eternity, it had to be sold out. My granddaddy, A.M. Phillips, was the first assistant of the Church of God denomination that you know when he died of cancer on his deathbed before. Great people came in, T.L. Lowry, Charles Kahn, uh, Dr. Paul Kahn's father that was the president of Lee for many years. They came in just to sit in this joyful man's presence. His name was Joy. That's what they called him. His name was Joy. My mother was named Joy after him. She still has that joy. He was so full of joy, Dr. Lowry said to me recently as we both were on day star together he said you know Rhonda every time I went to see him said he raised my first offering as a young evangelist he sought out young people and he encouraged everybody he got into their presence he said but I went to encourage him but he encouraged me his last breath when other ministers great in the faith wanted to hold him he said no nobody but Cecil that was my dad his son-in-law and my dad picked him up in his arms and my granddaddy looked up at my dad and gave glory unto God and breathed his last breath 
breath in my daddy's arm. He passed down to me a piece of bread. I wonder today what we are passing down to those around us. Are we passing down a faith that is built upon government, a faith that is built upon good times, or are we passing down a faith that says whether you think I'm winning or losing on this earth, I have some good news and some righteous news for you. I am winning into eternity and I stand with the cross and with the name of Jesus. Somebody give him praise in this house. I remember the people. I remember my mom and dad. My mother was hit in midlife with one of the most cruel injustices a person can experience. It's not my story to tell. I'll never tell that story even when my mother's gone, but she suffered a horrible injustice. I saw her choose to forgive. I saw her as she and my daddy stood and chose to forgive. She lost everything for a season. Everything in her world tumbled down. But I heard my mother even then say, I trust in the Lord. And I know in the end God will work this for my good. I saw my parents, all of them suffer injustice. But I will say to you today, my daddy at 84 lays his head on a pillow and sleeps at night sweetly. I will tell you that my mother with Alzheimer's is still full of joy. And still when she can remember will sing. And the only time she has any coherency that makes any sense is when she begins to pray to her heavenly father Wendy every word formulates you see they could have passed down a stone to me in that horrible injustice that they suffered they could have sent it that I could have picked but instead they passed down the bread and the meat of the salvation and the truth the love acceptance and forgiveness the joy unspeakable and full of glory I hope you don't mind because I'm preaching and the peace that goes way past understand. I've got to be careful. And the Lord God, may he ever be gracious under Rhonda Davis that she will pass down to those around her, those that she co-labors with and her children, that God is good and the devil is a liar. And there's trials and tribulations and there's hard places. And it may look like you're losing today. But if you stand with a cross, you are going to win tomorrow. Somebody give Jesus praise. My parents put in my place a man named J.F. Rollins. J.F. Rollins, you've heard me share his story, went to Africa, gave up everything. He was a white African, and he went there, and he preached for seven years. I met him on the other side of his story. I met him as he taught me, Naka Ungura Nakandra Indiki, Naka Ungura Nakandra Indiki, Nigu Sande, Sande, Sande Ugunu. I still remember it. It's an African song that says, come and go with me to my father's house. He'd make me sit by him on the couch while we watched bowling. They didn't get bowling in Africa. You remember the days when bowling was all you had on Saturday or Tarzan? And so we'd watch bowling and then we'd go to Lee University games, Lee College at that time. But he said, no, Rhonda, you must learn this song. He made me get up and sing with him. He's a big old white, heavy set man. And the Kondra in the key. And my parents would come through the room and here's little Rhonda and J.F. Rollins singing. Sunday, Sunday, Ugonu. I am 54 years old. I couldn't find my keys this morning, but I still remember. Come and go with me to my father's house where there is joy unspeakable and peace that goes way past understanding and the glory of the cross. Somebody give God a shout of praise. J.F. Rollins preached for seven years in Africa. Not one convert. 
My God, I would have given up in 36 days. Oh, Jesus, forgive me. He preached for seven years. He went there Sunday after Sunday after Wednesday. No one showed up. On the seventh year, Robbie Clay, on the seventh year, he walked into a stadium and the tribes began to feel every seat and every corner of that stadium. And that day, 7,000 people walked the altar and gave their heart to Jesus Christ. J.F. Rollins, that's why. I didn't even knock up. But when he left, my daddy said, sit down, baby. I got to tell you something. My daddy handed me down a piece of bread. He said, I know you love Brother Rollins. I said, oh, daddy, I do. He's so sweet and so special. He taught me naka unga ra. I mean, I just couldn't stop singing it. He said, baby, he is sweet and he is godly. But far be it from me if I do not share with you the story that I just shared with you. My daddy passed down a piece of bread and I never forget. He said, there may be many seasons you don't see results from the good that you're doing. There may be many days that doors may seem closed but I pass you down the meat and the bread, and I don't pass you down a stone that says, you know what, give up when it going gets tough. But my daddy passed me down something, and I want to say to you and I today, it is up to us as leaders, as daughters and sons of God in our workplace, in the educational system, with wherever we are, whatever we're doing, to pass down the right thing that says God is good all the time and the devil is a liar all the time and at the end Jesus's name will be triumphant give him one more praise this morning I love it my parents did not pass down to me prejudicial discrimination maybe that was passed down to you we had a we had a trio stay in our house called the Oreos two black people and a white person that stood in the middle of them they called themselves the Oreos and uh, they'd sleep in the bed they'd sit around the table they would sing at dinner um, that white cream just went to heaven. That was my cousin. And uh, Flynn and Carol Johnson loved them so much. They were very associated with very famous actors and actresses, but they gave everything for Christ. I'm glad my parents did not pass me down a stone. But I want to tell you, in all of our lives, there's been things passed down to us. Maybe wrong traditions, maybe addictions, maybe depression, negativity. I think at some point we have got to realize that our DNA can be changed. And what was given to us, I know with my children, I know I've tried so hard to be a godly woman, but I know there's probably some stones I put into their hands that I did not intend to. And daily asks us to transform because we give him, <coughs> we give him our shame, he changes our name. We give him our disgust, he gives us his peace. We give him our sorrow, he gives us a joy. And you see, whatever stone has been passed down to you and I, or we might have passed down in the workplace, there is never a day that is too late to say, Jesus, I want to see this stone transformed into a piece of bread that will feed somebody, that will give substance to somebody, that will give life. I've had to pull my daughter, Christine and Courtney, beside before and say, I'm so sorry. Mommy, Apollo. 
apologizes to you. So is Pastor Hank. Because we feel like in this situation, we may have passed you down. We didn't know to call it a stone. But we ask you to forgive us. But today we want to say, let's see that formed into what the cross of Calvary can do. Can somebody give him one more praise? In the garden of Eden, we gave Abba Father through Adam and Eve shame and disgust and disobedience to his laws. But Abba Daddy still came walking in the cool of the evening and he traded that transformation, that eternal exchange with Adam and Eve. And instead of giving them beatings and harsh words, he clothed them with the skin of an animal and he said his name upon them and he made a prophecy in due time. Change those garments around humanity's shoulders with the very garments from my skin's flesh of my son and on that day he will crush the head of the serpent. Oh the serpent may come up and strike the heel of he who we would come to know as Jesus but I'm telling you there's going to come a day that he will crush. In the garden there was a divine exchange. In the garden of Gethsemane there was a divine exchange. Jesus was handed the stone of injustice. He was handed, I mean we, we spend our life over what should have happened for us. We spend our life on injustice. Injustice will lead you to depression. We spend our life on what we wish this had happened for us or that. And we just keep until it becomes depression. Jesus was handed the greatest stone in the history of the world. And that was the stone of injustice. But he turned it into the bread that feeds nations. And he allowed his body to be broken and crumbled for you and I. In the New Testament church, Nero lit up the highways with the New Testament church. I know people think pastors all over the world are just real all up in air about people attending church. We know just as this country knows that there were patriots and they were veterans and our founding fathers who gave their blood believing the nation would go one way. Freedom is so precious and freedom in the church is precious because Nero lit up the highways with the bodies of believers. If we had lived in that time, if we had not denounced Jesus, we would have been impaled on a stake and our bodies set on fire fire Nero lit up the highway instead of using lamp and lanterns he did it by the body of believers their children were fed to lions in the domes of the Roman centurions they were led there with sheepskin covering their little body can you imagine our children your grandchildren sit into a stadium where then the lions were released and they ate the children of the Christians because they stood for Christ those people gave their blood the blood stained path to every church in the world today is stained with every missionary every father of the faith every New Testament believer that said it's important to gather together and worship this nation is stained with the blood of our fathers who said we believe religious freedom is the highest apex of what is needed that's why today you and I have got to say they could have handed us a stone but they handed us bread. What are we doing with our freedom? Do we lackadaisically come into church? Do we attend when we want to? Or do we say to our children, Jesus is the center of our life. And so church is the center underneath Jesus. And we're going to gather. And we're going to be there. And we're going to be a part of the body of Christ. And we're going to stand and lift our hands and worship Jesus. Because brothers in China, the regime, I heard one prophet say, say that 
China is blessed economically because the church has received such persecution, but the church is growing astronomically 10 to 1 in the country of China today because Jesus' blood is filling the earth and we've got to realize our freedom. Somebody give the Lord Jesus a praise. Uh, What are we handing down? We all have a part to play. What am I handing down to the people around me? What what is my life saying that's important? If I'm living just to make money, then that's what I'm handing down. If I'm living just for sports, then that's what I'm handing down. If I'm living for my own will, then that's what I'm handing down. Or I'm saying, in good days and bad days, Christ is the center of it all. You see, I can put a stone in my children's hand. I can put a snake in their hand, or I can give them meat and substance. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking about the people I work with. I'm talking about the girls I teach at Hope House. I'm talking about the sisters at Chick-fil-A. I'm talking about the people that I help, a whole lot of people I help just through social media. What am I handing down? Am I tirading on Facebook and going off about things and spilling my hatred? Or am I continually saying, I stand for right, I stand for Jesus, and I stand for the love of God. You will not see me casting stones. The only people that cast stones were the Pharisees and those with sins. But you will see me standing for what is right, but saying it with such love that it compels people to love Christ. A famous minister said he was saved. He heard a sermon meet on Sunday morning on hell. He went Sunday night and he heard another sermon. And someone said he got saved on the Sunday night. And someone said, why did you give your heart to the Lord on that night? That was a young person speaking. That morning was an orator, a great statesman. He said, because the one that spoke this morning spoke about hell in a way as if he wanted me to be there. But the one that spoke tonight spoke of a Christ love that was so awesome that he would accept me however I was, but he would never leave me the way he found me, but he would consistently transform me. He said, it was the love that compelled me to serve Jesus. Can anybody give the Lord Jesus and his love a hand this morning? What are we passing down? Josh, if you'll come help me, I'm now going to talk about Daniel for the last six minutes. What are we handing down? We have a part to play. Christ transforms what's handed down. My parents handed down some stones, no doubt. We talked about that. I've had to let them be transformed, but they all know me now. Oh, but I am so ever more in the glory of God. Our regrets can be transformed into a hope and a future. Our filthy rags into the garment of praise. You know, we are living in a Babylonian culture I cannot explain that to you right now, but trust me. We are living in a Babylonian culture, a Roman culture. The events of the last few weeks and more to come will show that. It's funny some of the reactions this week of people on Facebook. I want to talk about Daniel for a minute, but it was some of my older brothers and sisters and even saints my age. And I understood they're like, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And yes, Jesus is coming. And there's days I want to be in heaven so much more than I am. But every day I bed thinking about the prodigal, the addicts in prison, the ones that I really believe in know the Lord have been raised up to be mighty sons of God. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, there's nothing I want to do than to trade this earthly flesh for that heavenly to just rule and reign and be, be in universities and be perfectly whole and loved and accepted and good. But I, I just can't post on Facebook, well, Jesus didn't come last night and 
because I, my heart is hurting. I still believe, and I said this this week, that Jesus' name, his power, and his love is still greater than Babylon. I still believe in a Babylonian culture, a government that may be taking a shift away from what the Bible states is true. I can't change the Bible. There have been days that I want to have been so public. Some of those things, I can never speak of. It was so not right. I tried to twist and manipulate in my youth everything to make it work for me. But it didn't. The cross fell heavy to the center of my being when Jesus said, my words don't really change. There's only one thing that will change is what you do with it. It's not an easy thing, and Daniel was living in a Babylonian kingdom. He was living among people. If you think this is the first time a nation has made decisions outside the will of God, you are greatly mistaken. There are gaps in the hedge, and there are things if we don't pray, yes, that's not my message today. I'm not coming against any prophecy message. I love prophecy. My only concern is prophecy doesn't make me want to win souls, and I don't need to be listening to it. Prophecy doesn't make me want to conquer in Christ and reach into the caverns of the damn and pull out sons and daughters that are addicted to whatever it is or reach the burden, the rich businessman who does not know Jesus. Then I don't think prophecy helps me. But I have great appreciation in those who speak it. But it was a time of the kingdom of darkness against light. Daniel lived, he was 70 to 80 years old at the time of the verse that I read you. He was living among such hostility. There was a little children's song that says, dare to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, dare to have a purposeful faith, dare to make it known. And I love that so much because Daniel lived in a time of great evil. Daniel lived in a time where they served false gods. I believe Daniel at at 70 to 80 years old. You know, a lot of times when they're teaching children's church, they make Daniel like a little boy. Hello, people. He was 70 to 80 when he went into the lion's den. But you know what? Romans 4 and 20 says strength comes in faith and giving glory to God. And there were some that set traps. And they went to King Darius, who was an evil ruler, but he loved Daniel. Because Daniel was of an excellent spirit. That's Maybe I'll teach Daniel coming up against such a powerful book. People just look at it as prophecy. It's, oh my goodness, it's chock full of 80% of other things. They pitched a sales speech to Darius against Daniel because they couldn't find fault with him. So they went against his religion and they talked Darius into making a kingdom decree. I want everyone to say kingdom decree in Babylon that anybody but King Darius would be fed to the lion's pit. Well, Darius signed the decree to exchange the truth of God for a lie as often we do. But Daniel was convinced based upon Jeremiah 25 and 29 that even the day of restoration of Israel was at hand. Daniel 9 and 25 says a powerful verse that just came to me so sweetly by the Holy Spirit right before I couldn't find my keys. Daniel 9 and 25 and it says that the Lord will restore Jerusalem and the street and the walls even in troublesome times. How powerful is that? That even in troublesome times of our government, our personal life, our finances, our families, 
the Lord will continue to restore the goodness of God to his children, to raise up prodigals, to free those on addiction, to rebuild the streets and the walls of faith throughout the land of the remnant that God's will will never be broken by Satan's decrees. Can somebody raise for that? I'm almost done. And you would think, and I'm preparing you right now for this prayer that we're fixing to have in this closing time for our youth and our youth leaders. You would think, because it said only 30 days. Everyone say 30 days. I love this because you would think, you would think, Pastor Todd, that Daniel would have said, man, it's only 30 days. I mean, there's 365 days in a year. If I just subtract 30 days, I've got 335 days to pray. I just won't pray for 30 days. It stands. It's all good. I mean, God doesn't want me to go to the lion's den. What's one month out of a year? How many times can we often say subconsciously, what's one year out of my life that I just really don't have it pursuing God? I mean, I'm not going to affect anybody anyway. I dare I beg to differ. What's a day that I just live like hell? I've got 364 other days. What's a season that I don't fulfill the purposes of God? I mean, I really, I'm not affected by the enemy. Every room has a region of influence and difference. First of all, you're leading yourself. Don't ever forget that. No one's leading you more than you are leading yourself. No one is leading Rhonda Davis more than Rhonda Davis. So any time off, but Daniel, Wendy would not buy into compromise. He would not buy in to accepting something less than what God had promised. He knew that God had put it in his heart to pray and to pray for God's restoration in the land. And so the Bible says, someone say, that very day, that very day, he went to his open window looking toward Jerusalem. Why did he do that? That's a whole other message, but let me just throw out a commercial here to you. It meant he was looking toward that which was symbolic of the promises of the Word of God. Can I say to you and I, that's why we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. No man began my faith, no man shall finish my faith. No country began my faith, no country shall end my faith. No doctrine began my faith, no doctrine will end. But we look unto Jesus. We pray toward the name of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, which heaven calls its darling child. At the name of Jesus, angels whisper, he's the Messiah. At the name of Jesus, cherubims fly when a whirlwind around the throne of God. At the name of Jesus, Old Testament saints who are gathered in heaven say that's one soul that was forever sold out. It's the precious heart, sweet spot of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Jesus Christ and because of that we look unto Jesus can you give Jesus a praise in this house and so a stone Daniel was thrown in the lion's den I don't want you to misunderstand for a moment as we get ready to close listen that the lions weren't eating people I don't want you to misunderstand that because the people that were thrown in right out of, after Daniel, the ones that falsely accused him, the other governors that were just so jealous of him. Let me tell you, jealousy will drive someone to drastic measures. Don't forget, they hated Jesus, they will hate you. They persecuted the New Testament church, we will receive persecution. But they hated him. The Bible says that 
they threw in his accusers afterwards and said they threw them in with their wives and their whole families. And when they did, when their feet touched the top of the pit, the lions reached up, you can read it, and grabbed, began to tear the skin off of their bones. That's how vicious the lions were. But it says that Daniel was put in there and the king, Darius, who loved him, came the next morning. He said the king couldn't sleep. You see, there's sometimes your boss may be moved to do something that they don't even want to do. We need to pray for God to move towards you and God to protect you even when your boss doesn't protect you. Can I get an amen? For God to keep your job for you. You see, because this king didn't want to do this. They tricked him. There's trickery and deceit that goes on everywhere. You need to pay, pray for your banker. Pray for everybody. Pray for your Congress people. Pray for them. Because there's people that come in and trick through legislation. Means. I'm, I'm just speaking about this. We're about all matter of means. And it says Darius couldn't sleep all night. He wouldn't even call for a musician. He just paced all night because he loved Daniel. He didn't serve Daniel's God, but he loved Daniel. And it says the next morning he went and he yelled down. They had to move that stone, the one they put there to stop the purposes. And he said, Daniel, has your God been able to deliver you from the lion's den? I love that. He doesn't even serve Daniel's God, but he's hoping. And Daniel yells back up and said, yes, he did. Because I napesh, which means in the Hebrew, I trusted in the name of the Lord. He has delivered me. And Hebrews 11 says, Daniel shut the lion's mouth by his faith in the unconquerable, almighty, everlasting God, dominion and power. Can you give God a praise this morning? Love it. Daniel could have passed down a stone, something that was useless, that wouldn't help or feed anybody. But he said, mm -mm. Rhonda Davis, the Lord asked you, what can your prayers do in 30 days? Daniel still believed one day was too much to not ask God for the fulfillment of his word. Daniel believed one day was too much to not stand. One of my black brothers in ministry said, Sometimes y'all's silence is deafening. Meaning when we don't speak up for injustice, when we don't speak up for the hurting, when we run to stand with the proud and the elite instead of running to stand with the hurting and the desperate, the naked, the clothed, the poor. <laughs> Daniel handed down bread that said, Hey, Church of Jesus Christ, year 2015, this is something you can eat. This is something that will bring substance. That I stood in the gap for the deliverance of God. And the had not, there would be no Jerusalem, possibly. If there'd been no Jerusalem, there'd been no coming of the King Messiah. There'd been no rebuilding the whole shrine. So you ask, can your life make a difference as we get ready to close? You ask, what does it matter if I just loaf around and teach my children? Let's just, you know, make money, be free, be happy, love each other. Just be free. Or do I pass down? Nope. We're going to be free and happy and love each other, but Christ is going to be the center of your life kingdom of God, if you cut us in two, we're going to believe Jesus. That means that our life, we're not going to use, you know, yelling pretty flaky things, but we're going to live in such a beautiful way, unless we want to dress like it, but we're going to live in such a beautiful way that people are going to taste and see that the Lord is good, like those who forgave that young man. You know, they said, pent to the one that matters, and that is Jesus Christ, repent and believe. You see, going in for Daniel, it was the worst thing that could ever happen. But coming out, he brought a king and a kingdom to his knees. There are kings and kingdoms around you today that can be brought to their knees by you doing the right thing. Amazingly, King Darius gives one of the most profound 
declarations unto the King eternal, the only wise God, be all power and might and dominion. He says that after he sees what he's done. As you stand all over this building, I want to ask you this morning, I want to pray over you. I want to pray over whatever stones, I've thrown them all away. I want to pray for whatever stones that have been handed you to be turned over into bread. Then we're going to pray for all the youth and the youth leadership. But I want you to put your hand on your own heart and lift the other hand to heaven, if you would please, with your eyes closed. Father God, it was important to me, Lord, that I end this the way you led me to in these moments. So I have, Lord, without looping up a hoop, because you know I love to hoop. We're just having a moment right here. Lord, hands are on hearts right now, on mine. Lord, patterns. Some of us are parents, but every one of us have influence. We have friends. We have people we work with. We have people we do business with. We have people that we live with. Lord, we're either passing a slit or a snake that is destroyed. A snake that will destroy. A viper that will kill. What are we passing around to others? And what are we giving ourselves? Some of us are eating stones. We feed our own self. Stones of bitterness. Stones of God can't do that. Stones of it's impossible, stones of rejection, stones of all manner of fears. We're continually trying to chew on stones. If we would just eat the bread of what you say to every one of those things, God. The promises of God against fear, the promises of God against depression, the promises of God against injustice, the promises of Godlessness, the promises of God against sorrow. The promises of love conquers hate. The promises of don't just not do unto others what you wouldn't have them do to you but do for others what you want them to do for you. To love your enemies and pray for those who spitefully use you. Lord Jesus, that's the bread that will give life. Lord, I thank you for godly people in the New Testament that pass down bread to us. So right now, I pray for every stone in every one of our lives. Lord, some of us may have a whole pocket full of stones. We may have a bag. Lord, I don't know. But I pray right now the blood in the name of Jesus and the beauty and the fragrance of Christ, the risen Lord, who traded our stones for bread and gave his body, who passes us down every communion bread and juice to represent his blood, his body and his blood that was broken and spilt for us. And Lord, we're not taking communion this morning, but I pray for a holy communion and experience right now in minds and spirits, Lord Jesus, that we would exchange these stones for bread. Now, right where you are, I want you to just turn and take someone by the hand and just pray for them according to what you've just heard as we get ready to pray for the youth. Before we do, would you just pray for that person beside you? Would you pray, I feel led to pray for their purpose? It said the stone could not stop Daniel's purpose. Would you face them? Would you grab their hand? Would you make a circle of two or three or long, line straight down? Would you pray? Come on, pray for that hand. Pray out loud. Let them hear you praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this hand I'm holding right now. I pray for the purposes of God in their life. Father, the evil kings rolled a stone in front of Daniel in the lion's den saying so the purpose that had been written about Daniel by those evil governors could not be changed but God you did change it so no matter what the world has written upon us no matter what our circumstances have written upon us no matter what are upon us no matter what our situations have written upon us you Lord God can change every one of those situations you Lord God can change every one of those false names. So Lord, we give up stones to you today. Show us individually how to have them 
transformed by the blood of Jesus through the reading of the word, through being in worship, through listening to messages, through actively giving up stones and choosing to give bread. Lord, I pray for every Daniel in this room. There is no limit to the difference they can make by your grace. God, Daniel wouldn't even give up 30 days. Forgive us, Lord, for the seasons we've given up. Forgive us for the days you do restore and you rebuild. Stay on Rhonda Davis and everyone willing to accept this challenge under the sound of my voice. We accept the challenge of no day lost, no season lost, no moment lost. We know we have an influence and we refuse to not make Jesus' name. Now as you're standing, give him praise right now. Come on, somebody shout unto God. Hallelujah to our King eternal. Thank you, Jesus. Can one person make a difference? Every youth leader and every youth that's going, come down. Joshua, praying proxy over you. But if you're in the sound booth and you're going, come. Church, I want to challenge you to pray. I'm going to challenge you to pray every day for these kids and youth leaders. Come on and stand up here. Come on, everybody. I want to challenge you to, to pray. At six night, we will be open for prayer. I'll come and pray. If I pray alone, it's not a problem. I'm wise enough to know now everybody can't make it. But if you can, we'd love to have you pray. But if you can't, we'd love to have you pray. Now, I want the whole church. Everyone that's willing to move and can move to come and just can fill it up. I know it'll be kind of crazy. You probably have to go back and stand, but feel go all the way behind them. I need some strong men and women of faith, some prayer warriors. In fact, some of you just come in front if you feel led to do and stand in front of them. I'm just calling on you to come build a hedge, to come build a wall of prayer if you were. Young people, if you can, if you can just lift your hands up to God right where you stand with eyes closed. Closed. If not lifting your hands, just close your eyes and stand there. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. These are Daniels. Despite their age, despite their name, despite where they came from or where they're going, you are raising them up in this generation. You are calling them by your grace and your name. You are handing them bread this week, Lord. You've designed and desired that people would sacrifice to give them bread, word, worship, experience on a beautiful beach that the Spirit of God might be awakened in them. Awaken their God DNA. Holy Spirit, awaken that which has been put to sleep. Awaken the very blood that flows in their veins. Awaken their voices to speak praise. Awaken by your power, Holy Spirit, a mighty move of God to fill Panama. Lord, awaken every teacher that teaches. Awaken everyone that ministers. Awaken their youth pastors, Angel and Courtney. Awaken their worship team. Holy Spirit, every way the enemy has fought, show your glory in ways we never thought. Rain down through the power of your speak glory and your presence and do what only you can do. Jesus, we stand in the gap. We stand in the gap for every youth that's even not here this morning that will be joining them. God, those that are riding down other ways, we pray, heavens open, Holy Spirit fire, Holy Spirit fire, that the cross would have its work. Lord, that you would surround them with protection. We pray protection on every vehicle. We pray for your angels to accompany them. We pray for no harm, for one soul to come. No 
injury. In Jesus' name, we pray for the blessings of the Lord, for peace, no strife, for harmony in the name of Jesus, and that your glory would be in Panama. Sold out 2015 will go in the record books. And I declare and establish it today to be a time when our youth became sold out. In Jesus' name, somebody give him a shout of praise. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can all go to your seats quickly. Everyone stay here. I want to give you an opportunity to give an offering as you go. Other than just sit down and we're going to dismiss. We're so excited about what God's going to do this week. Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. If you can't come, pray where you are. Pray every day. Let's be a Daniel and stand in the gap. Let's hand our children bread and meat. Let's pray for heaven to encamp upon them. Oh, I believe it shall be. I believe you need an offering envelope if you lift your hand. I'll need one down here, and they will get one to you. Come and be a part of Celebrate Recovery Wednesday night. Excited about what God is doing. Mighty. It's all about Jesus. We're not your typical Celebrate Recovery.